Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise ye the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another episode right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to ask the question, where is daddy? You know, in today's society, there seems to be a shortage of good, godly fathers. So on today's broadcast, we're going to address that and begin to define what a godly father is and how to be one. I can't wait for you to hear it. Don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can donate to the ministry in any amount. Anything you give will definitely be a help to us to continue to get this gospel out to the world. So I thank you in advance for your giving and for your support of Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, Where is Daddy? Right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Let's speak from the subject today of anybody. Where is Daddy? Where is Daddy? Today we want to talk about the role of a godly father. Where is Daddy? If you look the word father up in just a regular old dictionary, I like to go there sometimes just for reference, you'll find that the word father means uh, the male parent of a child. Thank you, Mr. Webster, for making that clear for us. The male parent of a child. As a verb, uh, father is one who uh, makes a woman a male who makes a woman pregnant and a child is born. Deep stuff, Mr. Webster. We appreciate that. Deep, deep stuff. But when you think about a father or a daddy, you'll find that really it should be in these terms as we talk about a godly father. Say with me, godly father. Now, I want to give you some terms to think about in terms of what a godly father is, a godly father. Because really in today's society, uh, the role of a godly father is really not seen. Rather, we can say it is not broadcasted in the media. It is not broadcasted in movies. The role in many movies. Now, of course, there are some great Christian movies where um, the, it is broadcasted. But on the on the whole, in our society, the role of a godly father is not broadcasted. And we're going to talk more about that today. But here are some terms that I want you to think about in terms of what a godly father is. A godly father is a protector, a provider, a priest, a prophet a producer, an intercessor, visionary, warrior, strength, and one that gives forgiveness. A godly father is one who possesses the image of Christ in his household. Let me read those again for you so that you can take that down if you would like to, or you can make sure you can uh, get the um, CD later to hear it again. A godly father. Think about a godly father in these terms. Now, I'm going to just assume just for a moment that all of us want to be all of the men that have given that have made a woman pregnant and had a child. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Webster, that we want to be godly fathers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because a godly father will raise a godly child. Or at least, at the least, give the child a good foundation on which to stand. Now, children will make their own decisions. There have been cases in scripture where they, their father has been godly, but the children have gone astray. But if the children go astray, the Bible declares that they will return. They will return. They won't forget that they won't forget their upbringing. Eventually, they will return to the Lord. If the foundation is sure and secure, they will return to the Lord. Hallelujah. But the foundation must be secure. So let me tell you again the terms that we can think about in regards to a godly father. Provider. Protector. Priest. 
prophet, producer, intercessor, visionary, warrior, strength, one who brings strength and gives forgiveness. The image of Christ within our homes. Now, a few of these are are foreign to us. I'm just going to take just a moment to explain some. When I say the father is to be a priest, I'm not talking about you putting on a minister's collar and family, family. I'm not talking about that. Well, the priest is one who makes intercession, who serves the Lord, who labors before the Lord for others. Godly father, godly father. I also said prophet. One who tells who hears what God says and echoes it in the ears of their children, of their family. Prophet. And I could even say a dad is also pastor. Woo, don't shout me down. Understand before the church was born, there was family. Family came before church. You understand that, right? And in many cases, it was the father that was discipled first. And then the father took that word back to his family. In essence, became the pastor or the shepherd over the family. It was the father that would bring the word of God to his family and began to guide them in the ways of the Lord. This is one thing that the father, that our father, God, loved about Abraham and complimented Abraham that he said he, I know him that he would lead his family in the way that they should go. He would lead his family in the ways of the Lord. Father, a godly father. One thing that is not on this list is one that is perfect. No, we're all in the process of becoming perfect in our actions every day. But you don't have to be perfect in order to be a godly father, just one that is being perfected. Are you hearing me? For one example of this, I want to show you in Ephesians, Ephesians 5. This will not appear on your screen today. Ephesians 5, verse 23 through 27. Let me give you the role of a godly father. In Ephesians 5, verse 23 through 27, we've got a long way to go today, and you're going to have a good understanding godly father a godly father has power power with god let me say that again a godly father has power with god power with god to protect the family power with god to pray god will listen to you as regards to your family hallelujah a godly father is a covering for the family A godly father is a covering for the family, is a shield for the family. We've said this many times before. uh, How many of you mothers or fathers, if you see something coming to attack your children, if you see something slithering on the floor and there's your child in the crib, how many of you would stop for a moment and debate whether or not you should stop that snake or not? The snake is coming. Would you stop for a moment and say, hmm, shall I stop this snake? Hmm. Or should I immediately go over? Hmm. Let me take a moment and ponder on this. No. It's it's not. There's not even a fault. We immediately spring into battle. You don't even have a chance to rip off your shirt to show you an S. You just spring in the battle. Right? You see the danger and you run to the danger to protect those you love. Amen? Amen. Come on, amen. amen? By the same token, that is a seen danger. But there are also unseen dangers. Just as we, just as we spring to attention against the seen dangers or spring to action, we must spring to action against unseen dangers. Just like we put up bars on our houses or alarm systems or lock our doors at night so, uh, as so to uh, combat or come against seen dangers, we've got to do the same thing against unseen dangers. You lock your doors at night against other persons or things that would try to come inside. The same thing has to be done in prayer. Hallelujah. 
You have to lock your spiritual doors. Put up your shield. Put up the shield, Scotty. Come on, we've got to put up the shields. We've got to, as fathers, we have to intercede for our families. We declare the blood of Jesus over our wives, the blood of Jesus over our children. We assign the angels. Go forth and protect them as they go forth in this day. Go now and watch my family. Are you hearing? I'm talking about a godly father, one who protects praise God protects he's a prophet he's a priest he's a pastor one who intercedes as well visionary he sees things for his family visionary warrior strength one who gives forgiveness if anybody goes to the door when something happened it's gonna be daddy hallelujah 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 You want to get to them? Oh, you better bring it, buddy. You better bring it. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You better bring it. That's daddy. That's father. That's warrior. Hallelujah. That's warrior. And this is what your heavenly father is to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He guides you. He sustains you. He protects you. He loves you. He's your counselor. He is your mentor. He is all of these things to you. But as earthly fathers, we have to emulate him. The role of a godly father. And if anybody has to have the image of Christ in the home, it's the father. Now, let me show you this again in Ephesians 5, verse 23 through 27. These are big shoes to fill. These are big shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. You wonder why Some dads have left their homes because they were too wimpy to feel these shoes. But you can repent. Hallelujah. And be restored. Hallelujah. These are big shoes to feel. Big shoes to feel. But we can repent if we've left our families, if we've left our families uncovered, unprotected, unprovided for, unsustained. We can repent, confess our sins because that is a sin before God. To leave your family, leave your sons, your wife, your, or we can say even the mother of your children, if divorce is there, to leave your mother of your children and your children, your progeny, to leave them unprotected for, uncovered, is a sin before God. Are you hearing? And this produces so much hell in our society. We're going to talk about that. We're going to be godly fathers. Amen. So Ephesians 5 verse 23 through 27. I'm going to read this to you out of the King James Version. Now before we go into this. This talks about the role of a husband and a wife. But understand something. It does talk about marriage. But a wife also represents family. Because first there's husband Husband meets, uh, husband meets wife, or rather, first says man. Man meets a girl. They fall in love. They get married. Inside of the wife is the beginnings of family. Are you hearing? So, as the Bible talks about the wife, I want you to think also not only of the woman, the wife, but also think about the children that are already inside of her. They're, that are waiting to receive life and then be born. All right? Seeing it in this light, you'll see this a little bit deeper as we talk about the role of a godly father. Verse 23. For the husband is the head of the wife. We can say also the head of the family. Even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Another role of a godly husband to be the savior of the body. That is, you have to be willing at any moment to lay your life down for your family. At any moment, not just physically, because we can jump in from the, a bullet in a moment, in a, in a minute of a, you know, at, at a second not- notification. But laying your life down for family is more than just jumping in front of the bullet. It is getting up before the Lord and praying for your family. It is going to work every day and providing or providing for your family. It is caring for them. It is nourishing them. It is listening to your family. It is playing with the children. It is playing with the wife. 
It is giving of yourself so that they may live. Are you hearing? This is the role of a godly father. Giving of yourself so that others may live. Giving up yourself so that others may live. This is the role of a godly father. This is what Christ has done for you and I. Gave of himself so that we may live. Now these are big shoes to fill. Turn to your name and tell them these are big shoes to fill. You see, you're going to need Christ in order to do this. You're going to need God in order to do this. So this is why we ask the Lord for grace. And see, understand something. As we talk about the role of fathers, I need our sons to hear this. Because eventually you will also have to play the role of a father. And if you understand what a godly father is, then you will think twice about spreading your seed over multiple women. Are you hearing me? Anybody, almost anybody can make a baby. But not anybody can be a godly father. You have to choose it. You understanding? So even if your children are grown and gone, you can still repent before the Lord and choose this day. I'm going to be a godly father. I'm going to be a godly father. I'm going to be a godly father. I didn't know about it then, but I know about it now. And I'm going to be a godly father. Are you hearing? So I pray, young men, I pray you hear. Hear with a listening ear. Because the day will come when you too will be accounted accountable before God over, over your wife or even over the mother of your children and the children themselves. God holds you accountable for your family. Hallelujah. Ephesians 4, or rather Ephesians 5, verse, verse number uh, 24. And so it says here, Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives. Or we can say husbands, love your families. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That's a lot of love. That's a lot of love. When you're loving your wife, loving your family, as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, this, is, this means that you are in self-denial. Or should I say, this means that you are denying yourself so that others may receive a benefit. Hallelujah. And that's not easy to do. You want to watch the game, but they want to watch Barney. Are you hearing? You want to get some sleep. You're tired. But they come in and they want advice. Are you hearing? You have to live in such a way that you die daily upon that cross for them. You say, if I'm doing all of this, what about me? What about me? Don't worry about you. God said that uh, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. God's going to make sure that you are rewarded for the things that you do for your family. Your reward will come from him, not necessarily from them. So if we always get in the position, after all I did for you, woman, after all I did for you, children, you can't do none for me. I don't even get a tie on Father's Day. I don't even get this and that. After all I done for you. If we're looking for them to reward us, we're looking in the wrong place. Even to a pastor of a congregation, if I look to you to reward me, I'm looking in the wrong place. Because you did not hire me, he did. I'm accountable to him. Are you hearing? And God, our father, is a good employer. He's the best employer. He's going to make sure I get paid. He's going to make sure you fathers get paid. He's going to make sure you get double for your trouble. Hallelujah. 
God is not unfaithful to forget your labor of love. And often you will sow in tears, but you will reap in joy. But you've got to live a sacrificial life before God for your families. Come on, you've got to live a sacrificial life before God for your families. Hallelujah. You must live a sacrificial life before God for your families. This is the role of a godly father. It's more, than, more to it than just laying down for a few minutes. It's a lot more to it than that. Are you hearing? It says again, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with a washing of water by the word. Verse 27, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, uh, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. This is the role of a godly, godly father, giving the word to his family. Making sure they get the word. Say, well, I may not know the word, but you can at least take them to somewhere where the word is being presented. If you can't do anything else, say, sit down, family. Let me read. Let me read the Bible to you. Sit down, children. Let me put my hand on you, lay hands on you and bless you. This is one role of a godly father to bless his family. To bless his family. I'm telling you, fathers, you have power with God. You have power with God, power to bless, power to bless. You also have power with the enemy that is power to curse. But so as we talk about a godly father, we have to ask the question again, even in our society, where is daddy? Where is the one who is meant to be the covering of the family? Is meant to be the protector of the family, the intercessor of the family. And is man, is a father really that important in our society? Is he really, is a father really that important in society? As a matter of fact, in our society, you will find that masculinity is under fire. Masculinity is under attack. And you will find that uh, really the prevailing fault in many of our ladies, many of the of the uh, and the, you know, the, the many people of the feminine persuasion, you'll find that some will say, uh, I don't need a man. Some will say all men are pigs. Some will say all they want is one thing. Masculinity under attack if you look as a matter of fact about 30 to 40 years ago you'll find that um advertising in hollywood and entertainment movies they they would portray men uh in a positive light but in today's culture men or fathers in many of our television shows are portrayed as bumbling clueless oafs you think about cartoons like Homer Simpson. Uh, you think about uh, everybody loves Raymond. Or you think about married with children. My God. Modern family. Almost all Disney shows, you see the father acts like an idiot. Are you hearing me? And at the worst, men are seen, many fathers are seen as sexual predators. Where is the godly father? But are fathers important in our society? Well, let's talk some statistics. I like statistics. Let's see what happens when we put that to the test. 63% of youths um, committing suicides come from fatherless homes. 63% of youths committing suicide come from fatherless homes. That comes from the uh, U.S. Department of Health and Census. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are are from fatherless homes. 
85% of all children who show behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists with anger problems come from fatherless homes. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. And that, that's a uh, statistic from the National Principals Association report. Isn't that something? Children with fathers, now here's with, now here's with fathers. Children with fathers are more involved and are 40% less likely to repeat a grade level in school. 40%, let me say that again, F- children with fathers who are involved are 40% less likely to repeat a grade in school. Children with fathers who are involved are 70% less likely to drop out of school. Children with fathers who are involved are more likely to get A's in school. Children with fathers who are involved are more likely to enjoy school and engage in extracurricular activities. 75% of all adolescent patients in chemical abuse uh, centers, here's a negative thing again, come from fatherless homes. 75% of children in these chemical abuse clinics, 75% of them come from fatherless homes. Let me give you a few more. 70% of youths in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes. 85% of all youths in prison come from fatherless homes. Think about that. 85%, 85% of youths, or we can say of children in, um, in prison come from fatherless homes. These are staggering numbers, aren't they? Staggering statistics. It's important that the father not only be in the home, but have a relationship with their children. Fathers are needed in our homes as role models in our churches and in our schools. And we must be godly influences in our society. We must be godly influences in our society. So we can say it's time for us to reclaim the image of a man and reclaim the image of a father. This is vitally important. And let me tell you something, ladies, you have you play a role in this because you can either build that man up with your mouth or you can tear him down. You can either uh, be with the rest of the society and just tell him all these negative things. You're no good. You never be anything. You can really just emasculate him. And what he what will he do? He'll just stop. He'll just be defeated. And the saddest thing for any wife to do is to is to um, curse her husband with her mouth. Why is that? Because you are cursing your own self. But if you build him up with your mouth, if you say, baby, you going to do it. Oh, baby, you look good today. You working out, honey? Oh, I can see it. I can see it. You're the best provider. Thank you for praying for us. Thank you for being there for us. Thank you. You see, the more you encourage him, the more you strengthen him. The more positive you give to him, the more positive he gives back to you. But if you curse him with your lips, you'll find that the curse simply comes back on you. Are you hearing? We've got to reclaim the image of a father, reclaim the image of a man. Let me give you just four things that we're going to really begin to close out. Four things specifically that a godly father will do. Are you still with me today? A good father will lead his family to God, thereby protecting them, affirming them, training them and correcting them. Most importantly, he will bless them. About five things, really. He will bless them. Let's talk about how a father, first of all, will bless, will bless his children. Understand something. The, the father's process of giving life happens on two occasions. One, when offspring is produced, 
And secondly, he gives life by speaking over his children, speaking over his family. Good words. Good words. You're going to make it, son. You're going to make it, daughter. Understand, in many cases, the child receives their identity through the words of the father. In many cases, the child will receive their identity or begins to have a first glimpse at their identity through the words of their fathers. I'm not sure if you, how many of you have ever seen that movie Roots before. Roots. Roots. Yes, Roots. In that, in that uh, particular movie, they had a, a, I believe when Kunta Kinte was born, they had a name uh, ceremony. The child, the father held the child up to heaven, held the child up toward, uh, toward the sky. And I love this word. He said, he said, behold, the only thing that is greater than you. What have you heard that every day? Behold, the only thing that is greater than you, the only one that is greater than you. You hear this every day, affirming words, encouraging words. You are prince among men. You are kingly. You are godly. Whatever you put your hands forth to do, my son, my daughter, you're going to prosper. God is with you. Your enemies will fall before you. There is no one that can stand before you because God is on your side. You are increasing with favor with God and with man. You will do the impossible, my son. You'll do the impossible, my daughter. And I'm telling you that you will rule. You will reign. You say, well, son, I know you're having difficulties in this class right now. But really, to tell the truth about it, it's not you. It's your teacher's teaching style. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying, do you? Or we can say, son, daughter, you're going to overcome this. You're going to get this. Let's pray about this. You understanding? You have power as fathers. You have power to bless. Even if the children are grown and gone, you have power to bless and to speak life over them. There is life in your lips. Turn to a man by you and point to his mouth. Tell him you have life in your lips life in your mouth it's truth for out of the mouth of the father can again proceed blessings and also can proceed cursings are you hearing proverbs uh, 13 22 let me show you this proverbs 13 22 on the screen and it says a good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just A good man, a good man, a good father leaves an inheritance. But listen, this is not just money. If we just stop this at money, you've missed it. You really have missed it. An inheritance also involves a good name. A good name. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 22 and 1 says, A good name is rather rather to be chosen than silver or gold, or, or rather to be chosen than great riches. A good name. Leaving a good name. Leaving good character leaving you a legacy, leaving you an example that you can follow. This is an inheritance. Are you hearing? So I want you to understand something too. We talked about blessing, but we're going to get back to that. Let's go to Joshua, uh, Joshua 24 and 14, uh, 15. As we'll be closing out shortly. Are y'all still with me today? Yes. You have to encourage Are you with me today. A good father will stand for his family and protect them, will lead his family in the ways of the Lord. Now, although sometimes it may seem a bit awkward, press through it. Press through it. Press through it. It may seem like they don't even receive it, but press through it. Press through it. Child, son, daughter, I bless you today in Jesus name and I'm praying for you. What did daddy just say, mama? What did he just say? Son, daughter, I bless you in Jesus' name, and I'm praying for you. You will overcome. What? Daddy taking crazy pills or something? What's going on with him? 
Continue. Child, son, daughter, I bless you in Jesus' mighty name, and you will overcome. Eventually, they'll understand, hey, daddy's taking on the role of a godly father. Are you hearing? Listen to Joshua, Joshua 24, verses 14, verses 14 and 15. And it says, now, therefore, fear the Lord. Joshua speaking here. He said, uh, and serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. Understand for, um, also here that fathers can lead their families in the wrong way. He says, clearly, your fathers serve other gods, but you don't have to. You may have had a bad father. You, your father may not have been there, but you don't have to emulate the same actions. You can begin to walk the correct way, and you, be, you can begin to break the curse, break the cycle. Are you hearing? Verse 15, he says, and if it seem evil to you, evil unto you uh, to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. Listen to this statement. I love this. But as for me and my house, we will what? Serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. This man is speaking for his family. He is standing as a prophet, standing as a priest, standing as king. My family, we will serve the Lord. We're on the Lord's side. With the words of his mouth, he's making declaration before the father and before this congregation, telling them that my family is under the rule and reign and dominion of the Lord. And we're going to stay that way. With the words of your mouth, fathers, you can place your family under the dominion and control of Christ. Under his covering, with the words of your mouth, or with the words of your mouth, you can serve another God. And hell rains down. We asked the question earlier, where are our fathers? Let's look at also at um, Matthew 13, Matthew 3. I want, you, I want you to see a very good example here of how a father also affirms his children. It is so important that, that a father, as, that as a father, you affirm your children. Now, so as we're talking about fathers, fathers, of course, like we said before, are the male parent. But you can also father someone or be a mentor to someone that you did not give birth to. You can be a father to someone who did not come from you. You can extend as a man, as a man of God, as a godly father, you can extend your covering. You say this sister here does not have the husband is not in the home, but you can extend your covering and pray for her and pray over those children. You can extend your covering. A coach can extend this covering of a father uh, over the children that don't have a father or, or that are, have an absentee father or deadbeat dad. He can extend his covering by telling the children, son, you're going to make this through. In the middle of coaching practice, bringing little Bobby on the side there. You see Bobby's upset. Sit him down and talk to him as a father would to his child. Extend covering. Let him see a godly example. Are you hearing? Let's look at this. Uh, Matthew, the third chapter, verse 16, 17, it says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, Now who's talking? Who's the voice? God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is he saying? This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. That statement is mind boggling and it is riveting. Let me give you one example. One reason why. Because children innately have a desire to please the father. Who have a desire to please mom. Yes, but there's a desire within the heart to please Dad, want to please dad. 
And God already says, listen, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ says this before Jesus's ministry begins. Before he before he performs in ministry, before he lays hands on the sick and before he raises the dead, before he preaches the kingdom of God, before he does all of that, God already says, I'm pleased with you. These are words that we as fathers must breathe over our children. I'm pleased with you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud. These are words that so many long to hear. I'm proud of you. I'm pleased with you. You're a good man. You're a good woman. So before Jesus performs, in other words, we can say before he goes to school, before he has any tests, we can say this in our time today, before the child has any tests, before they make any grades, I'm already pleased with you. I'm proud of you. This meaning my, um, this meaning that the Lord's ability to be pleased with Christ has nothing to do with what he does. This means I'm proud of you. I'm pleased with you. Not just what you've done. I'm grateful that you ran that touchdown. Woo! That's great. I'm grateful that you got into college now. Woo! That's great. But that has nothing to do with how I feel about you. If our pleasure, so to speak, or our approval of our children is based upon what they do, then what happens when they do something wrong? Are we no longer pleased with them? Are we no longer proud of them? Now, that may be suppressed a little bit, harder to see, but you still love them nonetheless. Because it's not what they do, it is who they are. By the same token, this is how your heavenly father views you. He loves you because of who you are, not because of what you've done. The Bible declares plainly that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While you were still doing the boogaloo, the, the hip dance, the, was that the hip dance, the bump? Yeah, thank you so much. While you were doing the bump uh, or whatever it's called, the stank leg, the forearm, the swim or whatever it was. God said, I saw you there drinking it up, snorting it up, shooting it up. And I loved you. I loved you. I loved you. He saw you in your worst and said, come to me. I'm your father. Come on home. Isn't that something? God's love for you is not dependent upon what you do. You say, I don't sin anymore. God says, I still love you. I'm messing up, Lord. God says, I still love you because he sees you apart from what you do. You may have sinned, but God does not see you as a sinner. He sees you as a saint. He sees you in the image of his son, Jesus Christ. Sin is what you did. It is not who you are. Hallelujah. Let's go just a little bit further here. Let's go to Hebrews, Hebrews 11, Hebrews 12, and uh, we're going to start, or rather begin to close out here. Hebrews 11, rather Hebrews 12, verses 5 through 11, as we talk about how a father trains. Now, I'm going to read this to you out of the NIV, rather out of the New Living Translation, NLT, because uh, I want you to hear how it sounds. A father trains, and he also corrects. Verse 5 says, now, again, this is Hebrews 12, verses 5 through 11. Verse 5 says, and, and, um, and have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. Now, of course, I have the word here, uh, punish here, uh, from the King James, it scourges, scourges here. To me, the word punishment has an awful connotation of something that is temporary, but it is really connection, really, really uh, correction. The word, the, the Lord simply here 
um, disciplines and he corrects disciplines and he corrects. He trains and corrects. He does that to all that are his own. Now, listen, some people say, oh, this sickness is on me because God's punishing me. Because God's God's trying to correct me. So he gave me this sickness. My leg is falling off because God is punishing me. No, no. Listen, if God is the author of it, it will only last for a moment. And if God is doing it, say, yes, Lord, I receive what you're doing. But many times the devil will masquerade his work as the correction of God. But if it's the devil, you don't have to endure that because it's coming from the wrong source. You speak to him. You command him to go in Jesus mighty name. Are you hearing? Let's try and wrap this thing up. Verse number six says, for the Lord disciplined those he he loves and he punishes each one. Uh, he accepts as his as his child. Verse seven, as you endure his his divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever uh, heard, whoever heard of a child who is never disciplined by his by its father, whoever heard of that? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate. And are not really his children at all. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the father of our spirits and live forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us for uh, for a few years doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is always good for us. Say it's always good for me. So that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it is happening. Are you hearing me? No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterwards, there will be a peaceable heart, a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in his way. All right. Well, there's the rest of the scripture. Are you hearing? If God's doing it, it only lasts for a moment. And he's trying to correct in action. If he's doing it. When you go through a hard time, a rough time, ask him, Father, are you correcting me from something that I've done? Ask him. If you have peace in your heart, you know it's him, then bow down and say, yes, Lord. I receive your correction. If you ask him and you don't feel the peace, you keep feeling tormented, tormented and tormented, then it's not God, my friend. It's not God. Then you deal with that in spiritual warfare and you bind the enemy, cast him out. Are you hearing me? All right. A godly father blesses his children. Let me show you one example of a father's blessing over his children. In Genesis 27, this is our last scripture for the day. Genesis 27, uh, verses 28 through 29. This is how um, Isaac blessed his children. Now, the blessing of the father was sought after a whole lot in the Old Testament. And you see the blessings also portrayed also in the New Testament. And the blessing of a father in our culture in our culture today has somewhat been left on the side of the road because men have thought that there's nothing that I have that can help them. But let me tell you now, that's a lie from the pits of hell. Your children still need to hear words of affirmation from you. They still need to hear. I'm proud of you. Even if they're right there in prison, locked away in jail, telling them, you know what, son? You're going to make it out of this. You're a good man. God loves you. You're going to make it through this. Hearing these words from a father will help strengthen them and encourage them and get them back on the right road because it paints another picture that they should follow. The father is able also to prophesy over his children, hearing what God has said about them and releasing that word to them. Are you hearing? Listen to this uh, word of um, this blessing that Isaac is is, um, giving now over 
Jacob, actually. Verse, verse number 28 says, uh, this is not the King James Version. Therefore, God give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Be Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Curse be everyone that curseth thee and blessed be he that blesseth thee. Isn't that something? He's setting his son up, isn't he? This is something that just that's not to be done just at the point of death. But a blessing is what you should release every day, every time that you can. Bless your children. Bless them. Bless them. Pray over them and bless them. Pray over them and bless them. Amen. Now, as we close out here, I want to give you a father's blessing. Many uh, grew up in fatherless homes. Dad was absent. Many are in fatherless homes now when the father is not there. But as a pastor, as the pastor of the church, I can stand in the gap. And I do stand in the gap, extending covering of father. What you've got to do is believe and receive the words that are said. If you make light of it, oh, that's just dad, that's just pastor, he's just saying something. If you make light of it, then you'll understand that there is really no faith involved in that. But if you receive it, then you'll see the fruit of it. If you receive it, then you'll see the fruit of it. So what I want right now, I want all of the all of you that are either that are children living in a fatherless home or maybe you were raised fatherless and you never had someone, never had a man. Maybe mom was there, but you never had a man to speak life over you. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed today's message right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Don't forget to sign up for the Kingdom Inspirational Video Blog. We're going to sing you short inspirational clips that will bless you on a weekly basis. So sign up today right there at KingdomRock.org. That's www.KingdomRock.org. And if you're in the Bremen area, come on and stop by and visit us in a live service. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. Remember, Sunday morning is at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night starts at 7 o'clock. We'll be so glad to see you. Well, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. See you soon.